Hello, Heroescapers. I'm Screaming Truth, and you're tuned into another edition of Scape Talk, the podcast where Heroescapers talk Heroescape. And today, I have with me a very special guest, Jimmy Johnson, a.k.a. Uranus P. Chicago. How's it going, Jimmy? Pretty good. Pretty good, Truth. Thanks for coming on the cast. Hey, no problem, man. I'm excited to be here. This is I'm very pumped about these podcasts, and it's just very awesome that I've been asked to do it. So I, I love what you're doing out there, Truth. Well, thank you very much. Now, you just dropped your article on strategy, and I thought it was just great. It was a great way of looking at things, something that anybody could improve upon. It's, not, it's nothing real deep and, and, and crazy strategic uh, terminology that, that you can't really get on board with and, and apply. It's just real simple ways to improve your game quickly. Well, that, that, that is one thing about HeroScape. I mean, you can spend hours and hours dealing with the minutiae of, uh, you know, this figure needs to move here, this figure needs to move there, this defense, that defense, and stuff like that. But if you just take it at a high level, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a complex game, and yet it's an easy game. It's just, it's, I love it. I love the game. And what you called your article was in-game point value. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those who might not have read the article but are, are sitting here listening to the podcast, do you want to tell us a little bit about what that is? Well, basically, it's just a concept that a card's point value is going to change during the game based on situations within the game. A hero that bonds with the common units, the common units are going to decrease in value as soon as that bonding hero is dead. And based on where different units are during the game, based on what units you're going against, based on what units are in your army it all fluctuates throughout the game how much each card is actually worth in the different game settings so what you want to do is you want to be careful to protect the character in your army that has the highest in-game point value at that particular time and you want to go after the characters in the other army your opponent's army that have the highest in-game point values correct well right i mean it's it's on its surface, it's very common sense, but again, the, the situations can change completely within a game. You know, at one point, Ray Lynn may be uh, positioned perfectly in guarding a bunch of different units, and her value in that game at that point is skyrocketing, but if they happen to advance their, uh, their figures too far and move outside of her range, then her value is actually decreased at that point because she is no longer providing support to a bunch of troops. And so at that point, her value decreases. Now, you're going to keep up with that strategy article, right? That's not going to be your only one. You're going to keep on uh, giving us some every so often, correct? Yes. Actually, I've had plans for a long time. I mean, this has gone on for about a year and a half probably where I wanted to capture situational uh, almost pictures of a snapshot of a game where these order markers are on that opponent's card and you have order markers on these cards and your figures are here and their figures are there what are your options and you know I'm gonna try to give very everyday type situations within the game sometimes I might make it more exceptional type situations but most of them are going to aid you in your decision making you know where should I attack at this point should I go on the attack should I go on the defense Uh, and then and it's also going to be kind of a uh, an article where I want people to voice their opinion and say well I think I would have done this for this reason because again 
the more the strategies are discussed, the, the more everybody learns from them. And again, one strategy that might work for me might not work for the next guy all the time. I want to try to keep it high level as much as possible because, you know, one thing I did mention in the in the article is HeroScape is an ever-changing game. You know, one thing that's going to work today is not going to work tomorrow, and I love that. I love that this game is constantly evolving, that it's always new. You know, I, you can't get bored of HeroScape right now because it is constantly changing. Even though we complain that we don't get these waves out quick enough, soon enough, and all that, but still, there are so many figures out there now that you can play a different game every day of the week for the next year and not get bored of this game. I mean, I just love the inventiveness. I love the the vastness of the game, and it's still growing. It's just an awesome game. One thing about HeroScape is you got to know your enemy. One One thing you need to equip yourself going in is you need to know what your opponent is playing and what those figures can do just as well as you know what your own figures can do. Agree? Disagree? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. In the same way you go into, especially with a tournament setting, uh, you go in knowing the strengths and weaknesses of your team. And you basically need to, within the first two minutes, three minutes of sitting down at that table, assess that other person's team, what they plan on doing, where their weaknesses, where their strengths are, and that basically decides your in-game point values right there from the get-go. And you have a high-level strategy that you go in saying, all right, I need to try to eliminate this character first or, or that figure first, but if the situation presents itself differently within the game, then you also need to be ready to switch directions. You know, you can't sell yourself on one on one objective from the start. If you sell yourself out, you're going to lose. It's how, it's how well you can adapt to the situation and adapt the situation to your game. Here's a fun uh, in-game point value question. What figure would you say, in your opinion, holds its point value and above its point value the most in a game, and which figure do you think below its point value the most? You understand what I'm saying? Like Q9's yes. worth 180 uh, on the card, but right. maybe he's... He's worth two hundred in the game, you know, uh, right, most right. of the time. Or Q nine, actually, I'm I'm a data database guy by heart, and so I'm always crunching numbers too. And I have this little formula I've worked out. It's a bunch of math, but anyway, Q nine, according to my calculations, is the strongest character per point value in the game. So I would say Q nine, starting off the game, is never going to be undervalued. The only time that a Q9 might be undervalued is like, let's say, if it's surrounded by Warriors of Ashra or something like that. At that point, Q9 is just, you know, counting the, the seconds till he dies. Other than that, Q9 is pretty much always going to maintain his point value. I think bonding units uh, are always higher in uh, in-game point value while their bonding units are are alive. I mean, they always, like uh, a Roman legionnaires, have, uh, I think, about uh, six or seven warriors that they can bond with. So depending on what your makeup of your army is, their value is great within the game because they give you so many options of which heroes to move within the game. Which which units have low in-game point value? Again, I don't mean to bash, but dund or dund or however you want to call it. 
I've just never been able to get that to work. I've got it to, I've got his crippling gaze to work a couple times, but not 110 points worth. You're relying too much on luck at that point. It's right, great to exactly. be able to remove their markers, but you're relying too much on luck. Right, and I was pretty, I was basically already dead in the water, and so it really didn't matter at that point. You've played in, in multiple Texas tournaments, correct? Yes. And, uh, Here's a here's a tough question for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe you won't want to answer it, but who would you say has been your toughest opponent so far? Texas holds the highest concentration of hardcore HeroScape gamers. Who's been your toughest opponent? Consistently, I'm gonna have to say Weisinger. Weisinger. I mean, uh, he was he was the first person to beat me in a tournament setting, and that's I'm honestly glad he did because now I don't have to win. You don't have you to know, live up the, to the it's hype. The, it's the monkey <laughs> off the back kind of thing. I'm able to enjoy it. And uh, he played very well. He's a very good player. He uh, made very, very few mistakes, and unfortunately, I made more mistakes, and he won. You and know, he it's, played it's, with an... when you when you play really good players, you notice that luck really doesn't play that big of a role anymore. Certainly, there is luck still in the game, but good players manage to uh, to limit the the luck factor in the they game. They play the odds. He, he's a strong opponent. Here's a question: Who doesn't live up to the hype? <laughs> Who's got a great name in the HeroScape community as being a good player that just uh, isn't over in Texas? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that's what I get, but I, but I had to ask. I asked about the uh, the best. No, player. honestly, I honestly, I would say everyone. We are spoiled rotten out here in, in uh, the North Texas area. All the guys and gals that play out here, great people. Uh, even even Mark Wars would tell you at one time he was the worst player, but he's he's won the I believe he won the last uh, gathering that we had, and so uh, his skills have definitely improved. I do not like sitting down at the table with any of the guys out here because I know any one of them could could step up and win at any time. I love the guys. I love uh, playing with them, but in a tournament setting, uh, it's not a cakewalk anytime. They all speak very highly of you as far as your strategic abilities. Oh, oh boy. And uh, and thus the encouraging you to get started on this ongoing front page article and having you on the podcast to talk. Well, I did enjoy... Uh, I know before the Gen Con last year, I was able to sit with with rye he came over and we were discussing this stuff pretty deep and it was it was pretty, it was pretty funny it kind of uh, reminded me of kung fu and snatch the uh, when you can snatch this pebble from my hand <laughs> yeah. type thing. what did wave six offer that changed the face of of strategy in heroescape you said it's constantly changing what was wave six big, biggest offering for for changing the face of heroescape um, I think they've spread out the uh, the mind shackling ability to some. Uh, you know, now we have a common unit that basically can mind shackle, and we've got the Kimoshi with a mind shackle. Uh, they're bringing again. That's relying more on a luck factor, but again, it also requires skill to know how to play those characters and how to defend against those characters as well. Um, I like the zombies. I like the the way they move. They're more of a theme type thing. Yeah, I don't necessarily see them working in tournament settings, but man, they look cool. 
They look cool. Uh, do you play I a just, shade army? What's that? Do you play a shade army? I have, I have, and uh, it was fun. I mean, it's it's one of those things. There, you know, Mind Shackle is right up there with uh, with like the AE. Let's say, you know, if the AE drops early, man, they're your best friend. And if you Mind Shackle during the game, that unit's your best friend. But if neither one of those rolls happen, it's just wasted, wasted. Uh, <laughs> it's a wasted card. So I mean, it's 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 boon or bust with uh, cards like that. And if you're one of those players that can rely on the swing of luck like that, then those are your type cards. I'm more of the uh, I want cards that I can uh, count on. Now, I wouldn't say that they're totally useless because Negaxa no, has no, a decent no. he has a decent defense. You can still you can still use him. Uh, and not rely on that mind check luck. Maybe send him towards the uniques because you know he has that opportunity. Same with Kimo. You said, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Same with he's he's, he's, he's honestly one of my skin. favorite characters because you, he doesn't need mind shackle to be a great character. It's I just mean, a he is a solid benefit. character. Plus, he bonds with the Roman legionnaires, which is one of my favorite units anyway. And so, I mean, he certainly does. He certainly adds value. And then the the shades, the shades can. They've got a halfway decent defense. Well, I like their speed too. And their they've got the speed, is, is and they've got the, the the ghost walk, so they can move towards glyphs or, or get at who who they want to get at. So yeah, I mean they they certainly have their value in the game, but I mean it's one of those where uh, the the first time I played them, you know, I was wanting to see. The mind shackle, because you know that's one of their <laughs> special powers. You know, right. it's it's probably un, unfairly judged on my part. Again, I, if I called them useless, I, that was probably way too strong. Uh, they didn't mind shackle the first time I played them, <laughs> basically, and so uh, I I I guess I went in uh, with uh, some high hopes, and it didn't happen. So, yeah, but again, that, I, I'm that. more the players that would rather rely on the. Uh, the odds of my red dice against their blue dice than uh, a 20-sided roll. Right. It's the before-moving kind of thing that makes the shades a, a difficult play because you can't move them in and then mind shackle. You've got to move them in. They've got to survive, and then they can attempt it. So right. Gotta, well, I mean, one pour the markers nice feature about it, though, is that all of them get to roll. So, you know, right. what you do is you basically move to engage one turn, and then the next turn you don't even attack with that guy. Let him stay there and move others to engage so that you can increase your chances. Right. Give us your favorite army uh, just for theme's sake or just for fun of play. Oh. Uh, wow, it depends <laughs> what day of the week it is. <laughs> I've got Give us one of them. I've got a notebook where I just uh, where I just write down stuff. I, I'll write down armies at work. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> I, I'm just constantly thinking about different combinations of stuff. I honestly am going more. I'm loving the theme type armies now. To me, the theme armies are are funner to play. Win or losing, I just love playing the the theme type armies. Tournament settings a different story, but when I'm just playing, I, I generally do uh, a theme game. You know, I, I liked running uh, Sudama and uh, uh, three, what was it, three zombies and uh, 
two shades. 500-point army, all undead. But it was a very fun army to play. Which one of your most successful armies? Oh, one of my more successful armies would be the the Roman Legionnaires times two and Marcus Decimus and uh, Fourth Mass times two and uh, Subacna. No, not Subacna. Me Berksa, that 290, or I mean four, uh, 390. Uh, that army has done me well on multiple occasions. So let's pause for a second. We're going to check in with Eric Arneson from About.com. He was at the New York Toy Fair, and he's going to share with us a little bit of what he saw there. So Eric, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. Thanks for having me on the podcast. No problem. Thanks for coming on. How was the New York Toy Fair? Well, you know, it was a little disappointing just in terms of the HeroScape layout this year because in the past, every year I've gone up, they've had a a very large HeroScape layout with all sorts of figures and terrain and everything all set up. And uh, this year they had a little Marvel HeroScape area that was set up, but for the main HeroScape line, it was just the new box, which was very exciting and looks really cool. But, uh, uh, you know, I had been hoping for... Uh, something more. I'd been hoping for another shelf picture, maybe, uh, where we could pick it apart for months. But um, uh, what was there was cool. I just wish there had been more of it. So they pulled back this year on what they had to offer. Yeah, the the uh, uh, the gentleman who was showing me around said that their showroom this year was uh, smaller than it had been in the past. Uh, it was in a whole new location. The showroom this year was just a couple blocks away from Javits Convention Center, where the main toy fair is. Uh, in the past, it had been a shuttle bus right away, so they switched uh, locations, and I guess it was uh, smaller, which might have played a role in, in not having a big HeroScape setup. What do you think about this new Swarm of the Morrow set? There's all kinds of buzz, and you can comment on some of it farther than what we can, because you ha- you've actually seen some of these pieces when you went to visit, or can yeah. you not comment on that? Well, I'm going to, uh, I-, I think now that the box is public. I can comment a little more. I did sign a non-disclosure agreement, so I'm going to uh, try and be careful here. But the the hive in particular, the box doesn't even begin to do it justice. That thing is smoking cool. I did not see the giant Morrow monster when I was up there that I remember, but the, uh, the hive and some of the other sculpts just are going to look fantastic. It looks like maybe in the crook of that claw thing, there might be some some eggs, some translucent eggs with maybe some morrows developing in there. Yeah, I think that's exactly what you see there. And it's uh, it's interesting because I think if the picture had been taken from uh, the reverse side, now I'm going by memory here, but uh, if it had been taken from the uh, the opposite side, I think you'd have a uh, uh, an even cooler look at the hive. The hive is spectacular. So did you see any of the other Swarm of the Morrow uh, figures or anything like that while he was up in the HeroScape room? Um, I saw some of the figures that are on the box here, and uh, I saw some things that are not on the box here. Which you can't discuss, obviously. Which I can't discuss, obviously, but which, if they ever uh, come out, are, are extremely cool as well. So how did you enjoy the visit to the HeroScape room? Did you get to meet up with Craig while you were there? Oh, it was and great, the yeah. Staff? Yeah, Rob um, uh, Rob Davio really helped me put it together, and uh, uh, I got to spend a lot of time talking to different designers of of all sorts of games, and and all the um, discussions happened in the HeroScape room, which was cool. And any but, of that, 
are we going to see any of that uh, in the future on about.com or yes. did we see all the coverage we were going to see for, for that? No, we you'll see more. I took a lot of pictures in the um, manufacturing area where they actually print game boards and that sort of thing. Now, none of the uh, HeroScape manufacturing is done in uh, Massachusetts, but for some of Monopoly, Clue, Life, stuff like that. Um, so I took a lot of pictures in the uh, manufacturing area that I'll put up a photo gallery hopefully soon. And then I'm also working on some articles out of that visit, which I just haven't been able to complete yet. No more HeroScape related, though, I should say that. So is there anything else cool at Toy Fair that the HeroScapers might be interested in? Well, nothing that comes close to the coolness that is HeroScape, but uh, there were some other interesting games out there. Games based on the Spider-Man 3 movie coming out from Briar Patch, which look like they might be fun 15 to 30 minute games. Same with uh, some 24 themed games from Briar Patch. There's a, a huge, huge flippin' game from Ravensburger called Pirates of the High Seas, which it must be six feet long and four feet wide, and it has two giant pirate ships that uh, actually shoot cannons at each other and at a tower that's in the middle of the board. And uh, uh, so that's really cool just from the size factor if nothing else but it also works really well yeah those those cannons can put out an eye um <laughs> that's what you want to sell the kids right there that's right that's what you want in a game and uh you know there's some other games out there that look pretty interesting one called idol quest which i hadn't seen before which is kind of a tetris meets rumus meets indiana jones sort of game unspeakable words which is a Call of Cthulhu uh, word game uh, coming out from Playroom Entertainment looked cool. You know, I like a lot of games, so a lot of uh, a lot of things interest me. But uh, but there's nothing that's nearly as cool as HeroScape. HeroScape would be the gem of Toy Fair. Yes, yeah. See, HeroScape ever since the first time it was on display at here at uh, at Toy Fair has been the gem of Toy Fair. So, how did you get into HeroScape? Was it at a Toy Fair that you were first introduced to it? Yeah, exactly. The first time I saw uh, HeroScape was in uh, the 2004 New York Toy Fair. And when I turned around the corner and saw the game there, it was sort of down about 15 feet away from where I was. And uh, they were trying to describe to me other games from Hasbro that year. You know, here, look at this game. And, and I said, you know what, you're going to have to just walk me down here and show me this thing first because I'm going to be distracted until I learn what that is. And uh, and it was HeroScape, and they had a massive setup, and it just looked great. And, love at uh, first sight. Love at first sight, and that's when I started. Uh, I started writing about it, and uh, uh, got excited before I ever had a chance to play it. And and fortunately, was not disappointed at all when it became available to play. I think the the report back from Toy Fair got more comments on the front page than any article I've done previously, and the forums are a buzz about it. So we very much appreciate that. Well, I love. I am so thrilled that you have HeroScapers running, and I love the people at HeroScapers. And uh, um, I got to tell you, it's a real uh, ego boost when I'm able to go on there and have people say, "Thank you, Eric. You're the man." Da 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 da. All that, and uh, you know. So when I get crap at my day job, I just pull up HeroScapers and I say, "Yeah, but you know what? These guys like me." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. You are celebrity status over there at HeroScapers. Well, I hope someday to meet more more of the people on there and get into maybe one or one or more of the tournaments that people put together. I'd love to do that. Maybe you could talk about dot com into shipping you off to Gen Con. 
Yeah, I, you know what? I got to Gen Con for the first time last year. I was only able to be there for a day, though. So this year I'm hoping to uh, to get there longer. So maybe I that that's a good shot. You got to check us out if you come again this year. Yeah, I will absolutely do that. Well, excellent. I want to thank you, Eric, for coming on the show. Your reporting is very much appreciated at Heroescapers. So Swarm of the Morrow, what do you think of the new picks up there? First off... I feel like a kid in a candy store. Every time there's new stuff out, I'm just like giddy as a schoolgirl. I just, I, I just am grinning from ear to ear, just looking at the colors, looking at the, looking at the new stuff, wondering what the the stats are going to be. I, I just, I'm pumped, man. And and the fact that they are releasing a second master set tells me that HeroScape isn't going anywhere. I mean, as far as it's not going away, it's going, it's selling well. It's not going away. You have a favorite HeroScape moment or memory for us? Um, honestly, the uh, probably my favorite moment was the uh, the very first tournament that we had. Uh, it was my my first encounter of meeting all these guys and i think it was a first encounter for all of us meeting each other and it was just kind of a uh crossing your fingers before you walk in this building not knowing <laughs> what's happening and then and then finding out that uh you hit the jackpot and you met some really cool folks that uh we've been we've been buddies now for a couple years now and we're we're still going strong it's a good group out here it never ceases to amaze me how good of friends i made over this game, this you know this this game that I that I found in a in a Toys R Us or whatever. What games have you played before this that were strategy games? Oh, just the basics, chess, checkers, Hero Quest. I used to do Dungeons and Dragons back back in the day, to use that quote. Um, I'm just a just a competitor i love any kind of game you know be it sports be it board games be it card games i just love playing games so i i really don't have that extensive of a uh, miniature uh gaming history like i was never into warhammer or anything like that never into the any of the hero clicks or uh any of those other games literally heroescape just I mean, it was one of those games when I picked it up and held it in my hands. It was a game that... You just knew it was special. Well, not only it's not only I knew it was special, it was I did not realize what game I had wanted to play until I held it in my hands and then realized this is everything that I've wanted a game to be. You it said was, it perfectly. That was I mean, the perfect honestly, way to say honestly, that. That's, I didn't realize that that was the game I was looking for. But then when I picked it up, when I played it, when I messed around with the terrain, when I read how these all cards go together, how the dice are impl- implemented, how everything fits together, it was like, I didn't realize this, but if I had ever designed the perfect game, and I mean, this is this is not blowing smoke. I mean, I'm just, I love every bit of this game. There has not been a part of this game that I've just been turned off by in the least. I agree wholeheartedly. That's exactly when I when I discovered the game, that's I, I first saw it on the commercial, whatever, and you know the kids are throwing dice around. But I'm like, that looks really cool, even if it's not, even if it is a kid's game. I mean, all the components are there to make a good game, and if, if I have to build it myself, you know. 
but but then and then you go to the store and I I got that box in my hands and it was just this big heavy box and it was beautiful. You, you know, you <laughs> yes. opened up that flap and you saw a little Thorgrim down there. My precious. Yes, it is. It is the perfect game. And I think that the, I think that the new master set will do that for a whole another set of people because oh, yes, I think it it's all that more appealing. Yeah, I honestly uh, see that happen pretty big. I see uh, a pretty large boost in the HeroScape world after the release of this master set. Well, hey, I, we could go on talking forever, but uh, we won't. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Oh, well, thank you. It's been excellent having you. Great cast. Join us next time when Mr. Bistro will be joining us. I always I always get a laugh out of his post. He does the Valhalla Times. Yes. He's a very funny poster. And yes. I look forward to uh, to laughing at him on next podcast. And I hope you'll tune in and have some laughs, too.